0: Excellent, excellent. Uh, When we were in our small group uh, this morning, I realized that I had written a question um, based on my grandmother, and I kind of said in the question, who's a character in your family, whether it be a grandmother, aunt, uncle. And I was talking about my grandmother and in my excitement of talking about the story, I forgot to tell the story about my grandmother because she was a Pentecostal pastor and she really did listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit but she also was most definitely a character. I only got to see my grandma probably every four years. Uh, Life was just like that. She lived in New York. And we just didn't travel that much in our family because of kind of finances and that sort of thing. But we'd kind of every four years get to go see her. And um, one summer, it was 1980, we were out visiting my grandmother. And she had made a lot of Puerto Rican food for us. That's what she did when we, we got there. And there was just tons of rice, beans, chicken, um, platanos. Does anyone know what platanos are? They are kind of a banana, but then they fry them and do things with them and put cinnamon on them. Really, really delicious food. Um, and we had eaten a lot. We were, we were like past firsts. We were past seconds. I think I had thirds. And my grandmother looked at me and she said, "Cayo." She did not call me Kyle. She called me Kayo. <laughs> and that's just how she said my name. She said, Kayo, do you want more food? And I said, oh, abuela, I'm stuffed. I can't eat any more food. And she looked right at my dad and she said, Raleigh, your children, they don't like my food. <laughs> they don't like it. And that was kind of who my grandma was, just super passionate, dramatic, and just gonna say it. And to this day, if like it's Easter Sunday and my sister and I are disagreeing with something about, about whatever, I'll just look at her and say, ah, Kari, you don't like my food. (laughs) And it's just become like a catchphrase in our family, Um, but that's who she was. She was just an incredible person, and that that question would have made like this much more sense, and I just wanted to tell you what that was about. Um, I am grateful that people had Holy Spirit conversations, and it is our goal all weekend long that we're gonna continue to have Holy Spirit conversations and that we're gonna ask the question, what is the Holy Spirit up to? What is the Holy Spirit up to in my life? And when I say that, I'm being you guys right now. What is the Spirit up to in our life as a Family Fest family? What is the Holy Spirit up to out there in the world, and how do we fit into it? And how can we be telling each other about what we see in the Holy Spirit? I told the story of my dad and my grandmother, and and tonight I want to tell you a little bit about how I really first remember listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I had a youth director growing up, and I think many, many of us can kind of point to a youth director in our lives who was very important to us. Mine was Pastor Phil. He was our like associate pastor at the church, but he also had youth in his umbrella. And when he was an intern, um, I just did internship four years ago. When he did internship, he did it in Missoula, Montana, even though he was from the Twin Cities. And so Phil loved Montana. And every chance he got, he took the youth of our church out to Montana. So I was super blessed as a high school student to go out to Montana twice in the summer to go backpacking in the Jewel Basin mountain area, which is kind of on Flathead Lake, which is some of the most beautiful country I have ever, ever seen. And I also got to go on two ski trips um, in high school out to Bridger Bowl, Montana. And so Montana is a really, really special place for me. Um, I do love to downhill ski. Whenever I say that I do something athletic, people just sort of shake their heads a little bit because I just don't seem that, that, but I really do like some sports and I like skiing. So, four times I went out to Montana and it was the fourth and final trip between my junior and senior year of high school. We were out on a backpacking trip. It was August 8th, 1990. So almost exactly 25 years ago. Yeah, like by two days. It was August 8th. And Phil, for kind of our last day of camping, had done a Bible study with us. I honestly don't remember what the Bible study was about, but I do remember him saying this to us. I want you to just go out and be by yourselves with God and nature for an hour. And talk to God, just see what God says to you. That's all the instruction he gave us. And we were free to go. Now, for those of you who know me, and some of you do know me, I like to chat. I like to talk. Up until that point, I don't remember ever experiencing God in silence. Um, I liked going to church. I liked hymns. I liked all that stuff. I still connect best with God by talking to people. That's just how I'm wired. But that day when Phil said, go and just be by yourself, something amazing happened to me. It was about an hour, the first half hour, if you're kind of difficult to calm down like I am, I was doing a lot of fidgeting, a lot of I can't quite what am I supposed to do? You know, asking a lot of questions, couldn't get silent, and then after about a half hour it happened. And my soul quieted down. And things got really quiet to the point where I could really hear nature, birds, lots of things going on and If you've had that experience, something does happen to you and you open up. And I started just thinking about my life. I was in high school, I was about to go into my senior year, and up until that point, I really had a plan that I was going to go to Gustavus Adolphus College, follow my sister who is a great friend of mine and a sister. She was already a junior at Gustavus and I was just convinced that that's where I was going to go. And I wanted to be a music teacher, like a high school music teacher. I was very sure of it. And in that half hour, my life changed because I heard beyond the shadow of a doubt without hearing anything, you know, vocal, I heard God say, You're going to be a pastor. You know, somewhere in my being, somewhere in my spirit, I heard God say that. You're going to be a pastor. And I got to tell you, I was so freaked out by it that I didn't tell one person about it for a year. I didn't tell anyone about it because it was so real. And I was like, I just was afraid to, to say it out loud and talk about it. And after about a year, I, I w- talked to my mom and dad, who I'm really close with, and I, looking back, I can't believe I didn't tell them right away, because I tell them everything, but I was with my mom and dad, and I said, I got to tell you what happened to me a year ago when I was in Montana, and I described the whole story that I said, and I'll never forget, my dad got this huge smile on his face, and then he looked at my mom, and he looked back at me, and he said we've been thinking that for about a year too, but we've just been kind of waiting for you to say that to us. And yeah, I had kind of the same reaction, just like hair on end. I was just like, you have? Oh yeah, we've been thinking that for about a year. And so somehow that's how the spirit works. They knew, I knew, but we didn't have to say anything. And when you're in your small groups tonight, when you're thinking, when you're talking, I want you to have conversations about, if that has happened to you, try to describe it a little bit. Um, When have you known something beyond the shadow of a doubt? When has something gone from, oh, that seems like a really good idea, to a confirmation way deep down in your gut that brings you this peace that passes all understanding where you know you are in God's will and you know that you're doing the right thing because you have this peace that comes along with it. Now, truth be told, there are many other things that come along with it. There are tons of questions, there is some fear, Um, there is some unknowing, but also there is that peace. we've kind of flashed forward a year. I'm about to go into my um, freshman year of college. And it's a year later, and I was, working, I was working at a store in my hometown. And it happened again, where I had something happen to me that I can only chalk up to listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Um, I had been on a... Mexico mission trip in June, which was an awesome thing, kind of like uh, Hastings High School. I would say like 150 kids at the time when I was in high school would go down to you know Ciudad Juarez, Mexico, and do mission work, and it was a great, great, great trip. And I had I'd gotten to know this guy who was my sister's year, so he was three years older than me. His name was Pete, and he was doing an internship at St. Andrew's Lutheran Church in Matamidi, Minnesota, which is a big, big Lutheran church. And he um, had met me that week. And then like six weeks later, he called me on a Thursday night and he said, Kyle, and we'd never hung out. He just had met me on that trip. And he said, Kyle, he's like, we are going to camp on Sunday. And one of our main leaders, it would be like a main KC has dropped out and we really need someone, and I'm wondering if you would go. And remember, this was a Thursday night, we were leaving like in three days on Sunday, and I remember telling him like that, I'm like, Pete, that sounds really great, but I said, there's no way I can go. I've got, I've got work all next week, I'm already scheduled. And he said, okay, but if you change your mind, call me, because I really want you to go. And I remember saying, Pete, that's great. I'm not going to change my mind. I don't want you to like, look for my phone call. He's like, okay, that's fine. got off the phone. I don't remember what I did that night, but I hung out with friends, whatever, and I went to bed, and I woke up in the morning like, you have got to go on that trip on Sunday. Friday morning, I woke up, and it was Like a deep down feeling of absolute knowing, you've gotta go. So I called my boss at the time who ran the clothing store. He happened to be um, a member of our church and we were kind of family friends. And I called him and I said, Ron, and I explained what had just happened. They want me to go on this. I didn't even like get all the words out. He's like, Kyle, you totally should do that. We're gonna cover your shifts, you should go. And I thought, honestly, it would be harder than that. Like when you're a high school student, like calling a boss, I thought that he'd be like, ah, you're kind of putting us in a bind. I mean, he just didn't even let any of that, he was like, he's like, you should go. Absolutely, you should go. I said, okay. I called Pete back and I said, I can't believe I'm calling, but I think I can go on Sunday. And he's like, yes, fantastic. So within 48 hours, I was on a bus up in Matamidai um, going on this trip, which was a uh, camp for fourth and fifth graders, And that week, I had the time of my life and again, my life changed. I don't, I'm pretty sure, and I'm not for sure, for sure about this, but this is what I think. I don't think, again, I said this this morning, I don't think I'd be standing here had I not made that call that morning. I'm just that sure about it because what happened was, I met this woman named Sue. Her name is Sue Leonardson, and she's insane. She, at the time, was the director of children's ministries at St. Andrews, and I don't know how else to say it, like, that week, I just fell in love with her. Now, nothing funny, like, she was totally, like, a mom age at that point, like, not in that way, but, like, she, to this day, is one of our best friends. And um, she showed this new way uh, to do God that I had never, ever, ever seen. And it's, it's a lot the way we do God here at Family Fest. It's fun. <laughs> I had, I had never realized like, and I'm not saying that, um, I didn't, I never disliked church growing up. And I just want you to know that just because I loved church growing up, but it was very serious and worshipful. And I didn't think it was that fun. But like that week, I had more fun than I'd ever had in my life, and it was all about God. And she was just like I said, she was crazy insane. And by the end of the, by the, end of the week, we just had so many Holy Spirit conversations. And like I had said, Pete had been doing this um, internship for the summer, and so I knew that there were interns who were paid to do kind of the whole summer. And by the end of the week on Thursday, she said to me, she said, what are you doing next summer? And I looked at her, and I said, working for you. And, and, and she like, put her hands up and just laughed and said, praise the Lord. She said, the interview's done. She's like, you are going to be an intern here next summer. And the next summer... I was an intern, and the summer after that, I was an intern, and the summer after that, I was an intern. So all through college, I got to be an intern at this crazy place and just really figure out what ministry was. Um, And all through that time, I was going to Luther College, but during the summer, I would be an intern. Um, And then by the end of my senior year, there was a junior high job opening up at St. Andrews. And so kind of in March before I graduated in May, they offered me a job to become the junior high youth pastor at St. Andrews on June 1st. Now, I say all that because I truly, really believe that that call I made that that morning changed my life, changed everything. I don't think that a lot of those things would have happened. I do think that I would have gotten in ministry and it would have been a different way. And that's just part of my story. That's, That's how I got to be here today and I'm just so glad that at that moment I listened because that morning there, there, there could have been so many reasons where I would have said, I gotta work, that doesn't sound like fun, um, I'm gonna lose money, that, that that so many things, but for whatever reason God like, took me by the shoulders or whatever and just said, make the call. And it was very, very clear. So, when we get to our small groups, which is not right now, I want you to be percolating and thinking about times in your life, they don't have to be that dramatic. They could be as simple as stopping on the side of the road and helping someone and you knew down to your gut that that was supposed to happen. Be thinking about where the Holy Spirit has whispered your name or said, hello, I think you should pay attention to this. Um, I was talking to Karin and Joe, and I said that our verse for tonight is much longer than Genesis chapter 1, 1, and 2. It's Luke 1, 1 through 80. It's 80 verses of the first chapter of Luke. Now, we're not going to go through it verse by verse, but what I want you to do is sometime in the next weekend or whatever is just reread Luke 1, 1 through 80, And I want you to, because it's absolutely the Christmas story. If you're in church in December, you've heard it a million times. But there are tons and tons of verses that we just kind of skip over or we don't do. And I'm telling you, it is an incredible, unbelievable, Holy Spirit, all over the place story. It is absolutely unbelievable. Now, I am a Lutheran pastor who loves Mary. That's my Catholic thing. (laughs) Like, I love that about Catholics so much that they just get and love Mary so much because if you read this chapter, you will see a servant of Christ who so says yes, unabashedly, unequivocally, yes. And she has every reason in the world to say no or to be so afraid, or to be so mad, or to be this, that, or the other thing, and she isn't any of those things. Um, And so I just find the Holy Spirit in this story amazing because I I find Mary's ability to listen and respond to the Holy Spirit in this story astounding. She is a 14-year-old girl, probably. We don't know factually, but probably. She's betrothed to a man named Joseph who turns out to be a super stand-up guy. I mean, Joseph is amazing. And in the 80 chapters, if you read the whole thing, there's also a whole nother story about Zachariah and Elizabeth. They're all related, they're cousins, and they are all visited by the Holy Spirit or an angel, however you want to describe it, they're all visited by an angel, and they have different responses, but the ultimate answer is, yes. Yes, I will do that. Zachariah, of course, and God loves this character. God loves this story of an older person who seemingly has never had a child and just like, kind of shocks their world, turns them upside down, and is just like, I don't care if you're 80, you're going to have a baby. that's Elizabeth. Maybe she's not that old, but she's older. And Zachariah, he doesn't handle it real well at first, but he also says yes. He listens to the voice of the Holy Spirit, the angel, whatever you want to call it, and he has amazing things happen. In 18, he says Zachariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And then he says this, and now you will be silent. (laughs) Shut up. You will not be able to speak until this day happens because you did not believe my words. I mean, talk about getting a talking to, getting a lesson, but he's quiet and then once John the Baptist is born, Zechariah takes off in this awesome, awesome song. We hear all the time about Mary's song, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But if you look in verse 67, there's also Zechariah's song. It is, filled with song because it's something so amazing that happens that is going to change the world. And these people, mere people like you and me, are realizing that they get to be a part of it. And the only way, the only way that they can respond is by singing, is by jumping up and down for joy. Now, the part that we're really gonna zero in on in this next part is Mary hearing this news, which I'm not going to get super detail about Mary hearing the news because we know that part really well. This is a part that we hear on December 24th or whatever day we hear it. The angel comes to Mary and she says, how can this be, that whole thing? And then this is question and answer time. Once, Once Mary hears the news from the angel, what is the next thing she does? Does anyone know what's the next thing that Mary does when she hears the news that she is going to bear the savior of the world? What does she do? And so you can guess. I mean, nothing's going to bad's going to happen to you if you get the wrong answer. What does she do? Yes. She goes to visit Elizabeth. Who is Elizabeth? Yes. Elizabeth is Mary's cousin, just from as you're looking at kind of the ages, she's probably not her first cousin, right? She's probably her mom's cousin, would be my guess, or maybe even her grandma's cousin. But what is so amazing to me is Mary hears this news that could absolutely flip her world upside down, news that should get her in so much trouble with Joseph, her parents, whoever, but she goes to Elizabeth. One of the things I want you to think about and talk about tonight is why does she go to Elizabeth? My guess is, and we aren't told, but my guess is that this isn't the first time she has gone to see Elizabeth. She, and we all know this, I'm not talking about favorites in family, I am talking about special connections that people have. Like an aunt and an uncle where you just know when you're with them, you feel safe with them. I see some of those relationships right here in the room and you see that at Family Fest all the time. This next part is a side note, but I think it's important and Tiger McLuhan talked about it last year as well. Um, And I'm gonna read it because I don't wanna get it wrong. Mary went to her older cousin, Elizabeth, you want to make sure that your kids have people in their life that they feel comfortable talking about important stuff who is not you. You want to make sure that your kids have someone in their life that they know they are safe with. And this isn't like an icky, dysfunctional thing where like, oh, why didn't you go see my friend and she talk to her mom about it. Stop it. No, that's not what this is. this is. This is your kid having other people in their life who they are safe with. And this is one of our absolute favorite things about Family Fest. Because Tiger said last year, that your kid should have at least 5 adults and it's fine if, you know, you and like mom and dad are two of them, but there needs to be at least 3 more that they can count on for a bunch of different stuff. And I know for a fact beyond the shadow of a doubt that there are people in this room who are that for each other's families. And to that I say praise God because sometimes when it's your own kid and they come to you and they've got some news, your first reaction is bad it's not great, you fly off the handle, you freak out, I've done it myself. I, I wish I could have a do-over with some of the things I've said to Finn in the last 12 months. Can I get an amen? Amen. Um, <laughs> we are here for you and we love you. It is so important and that's part of the Holy Spirit conversation and it's part of the story about Mary and Elizabeth. Don't miss that part in the Christmas story. She goes, she goes to her cousin Elizabeth and here's like the best, best part. Elizabeth doesn't even begin to disappoint her. Mary couldn't have been more right to make that decision to go see Elizabeth, because this is what happens. Elizabeth has been having her own story. She has been talking to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit and the angel have said, you are going to have this baby, and he is going to prepare the way of the Lord. Your baby, Elizabeth, is going to be John the Baptist, and amazing things are going to happen. So Elizabeth has been thinking all of these things I mean, let's be honest, she's 80. She can't believe she's pregnant, but she is. And then Mary walks in her door. And it says this, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, all Mary says is, hi, Elizabeth. That's all she says. It says the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women. And blessed is the child you will bear. And then she says, but why am I? We we have heard this story so many times that it's like, oh, it's Christmas. You know, we're gonna have the oysters and whatever and da-da-da-da-da, and the kids. It's like, oh my goodness, read this story. It is an amazing, amazing, awesome story. She says, blessed are you among women. That the mother of my Lord should come to me. Elizabeth knows she is the first, like, proclaimer of Christ. She's the first proclaimer of Christ because she says, My Lord. She calls Jesus my Lord. And as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Leaped for joy. Was so excited just by your words of saying, Hi, Elizabeth. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. Now, all of that happens, and then it's Mary's song. Mary's song is, my soul glorifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, and it goes on from there. Now, right now, I'm going to prove that I am very much a music nerd, but I don't care because it really proves a point. Have you ever heard at Christmas time or whatever, there is a song called Magnificat and it's by like classical Bach, okay? When you hear it like at some concert, like the people are singing like this ridiculous thing just over and over again, they're thinking, Magnificat, Magnificat, has anyone ever heard that song? Few people have, like four. Great. It's worked better if everyone had heard it. They're doing, a, I mean, it's like a super big chorusy song, and everyone's like singing this big stuff. But that's not all that happens. They sing, but for like two minutes before the song, like before like the words Magnificat happen... There's all this amazing stuff happening, like timpani are like going crazy, and there's these trumpets, and there's just huge music that isn't words for two minutes, and it's like really, really beautiful, and it's big and it's amazing, and it's whoa. And then, like, all of a sudden, like all like the timpanies get done, and like it goes BAM! And the people start singing. What's so cool about this? is that's the text. Like everything with Elizabeth is the timpani, is saying, blessed are you among women. It's all this stuff, and it's everything that's happening in Mary. It's like all of her emotions, all of her fear, all of her excitement, and then all of a sudden, she was so afraid. We can't, we can't miss I'm going to say a word that doesn't make sense. We can't misunderestimate. We can't underestimate, I guess, is the word. <laughs> we cannot misunderestimate <laughs> That Mary, taking this journey to Elizabeth's house, I got to tell you, the Holy Spirit was telling her she was pretty thumbs up. She was pretty awesome, even though she was 14 years old, pregnant, out of wedlock, hadn't even talked to Joseph yet, probably freaked out of her mind. She was still pretty thumbs up because she knew, the Holy Spirit told her, but the Elizabeth part, when Elizabeth says to her, it's okay, when she says, oh, my Lord, Mary can do nothing but sing. And she sings the most beautiful, beautiful song. If you read these words, they are someone who has gone from, this is going to be okay, to, I'm going to bear Jesus. I'm going to bear the Savior of the world. And it is an over, overwhelming feeling. The reason I'm so excited about this, and the reason I've kind of lost my mind telling you about it, is I think that that same Holy Spirit does speak to us. Maybe not in like this dramatic of a fashion or we're going to bear the savior of the world because that has been done on the cross, hallelujah. But the Holy Spirit still speaks to us. And it is an amazing, amazing thing. So the other thing that I want you to talk about in your small groups in just a moment is who is your Elizabeth? What I mean by that is when you get unbelievable Holy Spirit news, when you are so excited to share something, who is that first person that you just absolutely have to call because you're kind of bubbling over? Or or, conversely, When the worst happens, when someone dies, when you have a phone call with a doctor that gives you a diagnosis that no one wants, X, Y, Z, whatever it is, it's not just the super, super highs, it's the super, super lows too because you need to remember too with Mary, this was potentially awful news but again, she was pretty sure Elizabeth shifted it I think to this point of, it's going to be okay. Who is that person that you absolutely have to share your news with when you get news like that? The Holy Spirit does speak to us still today. And I would guess even from small conversations today, that every day, The Holy Spirit is speaking to us, is speaking to you. And it might be scary. It might be unbelievably good news. It might seem like a crazy idea. But the Holy Spirit speaks. Let's pray. Holy Lord God, we are bowled over by your Christmas story that we've heard so many times, but sometimes kind of read right through some of the amazing details. I ask, Lord Jesus, that uh, the truth of your story would be ours today, that we would feel your Holy Spirit everywhere, uh, that we would feel it even when it feels like we can't feel it. Lord Jesus, that you would give us the words to say that we would seek out your Holy Spirit, that we would quiet our hearts long enough to hear it, that we would listen as you speak. We are giving you our lives and ask that you would bless us tremendously because you promised that you will. And so I ask, Lord Jesus, for peace and your Holy Spirit to reign over this camp. And over these small groups tonight, it's in your holy and precious name that we pray. Amen.